Welcome everyone to the GM Yearbook. I'm Matt. And I'm Jim. We're here to take you on a journey through the years as we explore the music in our lifetime and the impact it's had on us and the world we live in. Welcome to version 1984. Ooh. Jim, how you doing this week? <laughs> well, let's hear it. I always feel like somebody's watching me. <laughs> I need a little privacy. So are you talking about Orwell or Rockwell? <laughs> well, these days, probably a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah. So before we get into the actual music, we need to acknowledge a significant loss. Yeah, we do. Uh, the world lost one of its smoothest, most beautiful voices when Marvin Gaye died from gunshot wounds on April 1st, 1984. Marvin Gaye was experiencing a career rejuvenation in the early 80s with his hit Sexual Healing. He was shot in the chest and shoulder by his father after Marvin Jr. intervened in an argument between his parents. By all accounts, his relationship with his father was always tumultuous. Marvin had moved in with his parents following the last tour and he was having problems with depression and addiction. It's sad that someone who brought so much joy into others' lives had so many demons in the last years of his own. Yeah, this is really sad how the world lost Marvin Gaye. I remember hearing the news story on the radio when it happened. It wasn't until I was older and realized the impact he'd had on the music world. And I'm glad I took the time to dig back into his music and appreciate it. He was a massive influence on what you and I even listen to today. I remember being really confused by this news article. His dad shot him? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's really crazy. Yeah. All right, Matt, are you ready? This is a big year, 1984. It's a lot of fun to go back to. But there's no way at all, I don't think you or I, we're going to be able to pick five songs from 1984. I think we learned a few things from splitting 1991 into two episodes. So we came to an agreement that we we're going to change the rules a little bit this week. Yeah, sorry. We're, we won't be doing 1984 part two of the Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's going to be hard not to mention certain bands hanging around from prior years. 1984 is going to be big enough, but 1983 and 84... They're really intertwined musically. It's very hard sometimes to put up those hard walls and not mm -hmm. mention certain things. But truth be told, it's really, it's real. all those early 80s years, 80 through 84. It, this is the time when I'm realizing that I prefer listening to whole albums instead of singles. You know, Asia, Foreigner, Jay Giles. Yeah. I only managed to get full albums when I was sending that penny off to Columbia House. <laughs> And hoping my parents didn't catch me. They always did when the, you know, late fee bills showed up. <laughs> did you ever try it with a Canadian penny? No, I should have. I probably still would have gotten it. Just them. as a yeah. joke. I, and I remember Asia and Jay Giles being one of those lucky acquisitions yeah. that I got. <laughs> and I agree with you about all these years blending in a bit together. But when we get to version 1983, if you've talked about it today, I'm bringing a big red buzzer. And every time you bring something up. Not fair. Oh, oh yeah, it's going off. Yeah, so tread lightly here. Okay, how about this? I won't mention any year specifically other than 1984. You, you, yep, okay. stop me if I get carried away, because I may, but it's really, it's only for context. It's not trying to cram more into this conversation because it's big enough already. And according to the bylaws, I would have to listen to a Cure album. So, uh, my choosing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. That's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> so in the early 80s, I had a paper route just to give everybody kind of like uh, where I am in the history of, of me. For anyone who doesn't know what that is, there used to be these things called newspapers that would come out every day, you know, and it was a common job for kids to walk around town and deliver them. Just about every cent I made went into music, Mountain Dew and video games. 
every weekend i was buying at least one album regardless of the format vinyl cassette it didn't matter music has always been one of the most important and loved things in my life and i'm sure it was that way with you too jim the early mm -hmm. 80s these are our formative years our preferences are being established and this music is still special to me i'm sure it is for you too today one genre of music i was branching out to was metal in our metal episode, I brought up how it was Ozzy's Bark of the Moon. That's 83, but you can buzz me out then. Um, <laughs> that hooked me in. And so, you know, Jim doesn't buzz me out too much. Uh, I won't mention anyone else who was around prior to 1984. But Ozzy really swayed me in that direction. But in 1984, metal just really exploded for in into my life. There was so much hard rock and metal that even in the later 80s, I was going back and getting some of these 1984 albums. It took me a while to realize and to get the funds, but <laughs> to realize, you know, everything that was out there. I went from the majority of my listening to being stuff like 99 Luft Balloons and then in 1984, it's we're not going to take it. But, yeah. you know, I wasn't shunning anything. I have Weird Al in 3D on vinyl. So <laughs> I, 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 I wasn't like keeping, you know, every anything at arm's length. I wish I had more time to name drop because we're not just not going to be able to talk about it all. It, 1984 mm -hmm. is just too important of a year. And we didn't have MTV, but we would record videos from the shows that we had. Uh, WTBS had Night Tracks, NBC had Friday Night Videos, and CBC had Good Rockin' Tonight. You know, we'd get home from school, we'd pop those the, that beta tape or the VHS in, and that's where I found a lot of the metal, especially Good Rockin' Tonight. And, you know, and I got reminded of some hard rock bands that I had forgotten about. I'm hearing Kick Axe, Quiet Riot, Bon Jovi, Autograph, Crocus, Helix, April Wine, um, that I wasn't hearing anywhere else. Wow. That, that's some good name dropping for metal from 1984. I, I definitely remember Good Rockin' Tonight, but I wasn't up in Newport in 84, so that wasn't until 85. NBC Friday Night Videos were an event for me. I didn't have the let's record stuff on VHS or Betamax at this point. I think that came in the next year or two. If my parents let me stay up late, it was the best hour and a half of television. I was still 11 for half of 1984. So I wasn't always <laughs> up for it. But when I was, it was bliss. And amazingly, Friday Night Videos ran until 2002. Wait, really? Yeah. 2002. Uh -huh. that's, that's unbelievable. It went down to a 60 minute show, but it was still 60 minutes of music videos. <laughs> it would have been fun to tune in just to see what they were doing and how it had evolved. So one of the trips we took uh, in 84 was uh, to visit family down in Virginia. And me and Mark, we brought practically our whole music library with us. Neither of us, we could not be far from our tapes. And this is where I first saw MTV. We didn't have it up in Newport, but I was seeing videos for Rat scorpions hanoi rocks and this is where i first learned about slade and mm -hmm. 84 probably that summer one of the biggest albums we were listening to was cars heartbeat city it's aside from yeah. it's aside from metal but the cars heartbeat city was huge before you know before prince took over later in the year mm -hmm. the band i was in every year going kind of skipping back to metal um we would play a few songs in the variety show every year and i remember one year we played alone again by Dawkins, and somebody somewhere has video evidence of it you may have been my inspiration to learn to play this Dawkins song myself <laughs> i had to catch a lot of music videos visiting relatives in new hampshire i lived in concord new hampshire during the first half of 1984 still didn't have mtv my dad was happy as long as dallas was on on a friday night <laughs> 
But there were video countdown shows that were on every day after school for 30 minutes or an hour. And I caught a lot of them there. I was into singles and 45s, not quite albums. The Casey Kasem Top 40 Countdown was a central part of my weekend. Ballads, Footloose, and Born in the USA were massive. I ran home from school hoping to catch the Van Halen Jump video almost every day while that was popular. Music was fun in 1984, and it felt like it was peaking. Oh, every band had to have a ballad or two, Mm -hmm. right? That was just a rite of passage. And Footloose, right? Movies also gave us tons of music. Soundtracks were huge. These are like golden years for that. Besides Footloose, you had Beverly Hills Cop, Ghostbusters, Against All Odds, Streets of Fire, Spinal Tap, 1984. Um, I Just Called to Say I Love You was from uh, the Woman in Red soundtrack. And of course, you had Breakin'. With all of this, you already brought it up. Casey Kasem's American Top 40 was, that was everything to me on the weekend. Yeah. We missed recognizing his death in the 2014 episode. So if we're going to eulogize Wolfman Jack, I think Casey Kasem deserves an honor here as well. Oh, damn right. Yeah. He was a radio legend and probably the most important DJ in my formative years. Little known fact, he was the voice of Shaggy on all the old Scooby-Doo cartoons we grew up on. So Casey, if you're out there, after all the dedications you gave the world on your show, we dedicate this episode to you. I can't do his voice. I can try. (laughs) But it's 1984. Here's to you, Casey Kasem. We each have 10 choices this week instead of our normal five, because this is our only way of really talking about the music without just name dropping, in my opinion. And then we're actually going to have 10 more choices. (laughs) Why? Because it's our show and we want to. That's right. That's right. Are, Are you okay with doing it? We have to do it. I And there's no way we could rank these. This would be too hard. It would be. How would do you be. choose your favorite kid? <laughs> exactly. You can't do that. <laughs> so like I said, we'll have 10 choices. But along with those 10 choices, what Matt and I talked about were picks that would have been on the list if we were 13. So sometimes you look back in life and you're, you know, embarrassed as hell or you have a laugh at what you were so into at a certain age. Well, I say 13. That was Matt. That I was 11, 12. He was 12, 13 during this year. So we'll give you the song that's going to go on the playlist. And then we'll give you the song that the kid version of us would have picked <laughs> from that year. Some of them might be the same. It just also gives us a chance to talk about 20 songs over the rest of the yeah, podcast. Yeah, exactly. All right. So I chose 1984, which means I get to kick it off. Make it so. I will. Somebody by Depeche Mode. This was my wedding song. Go check out the lyrics. It's perfect. I hope there's a teenager that I'd have this song as my wedding first dance. And I was lucky enough to marry a woman who said yes to it. It's not over the top mush. It's realistically loving with a touch of cynicism. It encapsulates a good relationship. I'll always love this song. Is this kind of a deep track for them? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, because I know it's uh, I know some of their songs, but I, I enjoyed it. You know, it is. It's about an ideal relationship centered around respect and not expecting your partner to do anything but listen and understand. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my 12 year old Jim. Yeah. Is going to bring to the show Bruce Springsteen's Glory Days. The video was baseball and rock and roll. And when I was 12 years old, that was enough. That's yeah. all I needed. <laughs> Born in the USA was an iconic 80s album. I think if you ask people, list five albums from the 80s, 99% of these people are going to bring up Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA. I'm almost certain we'll get a song from it added to the playlist, but I think this song taught me at a young age that we will get nostalgic as we get older. 
and we'll look back at our younger years as some of our best. Yeah. And doing the show has, it's just given me a new respect for Springsteen. I've always kind of been other than a few songs here and there, a little bit more dismissive of, uh, of his music and born in the USA, he got lost in the mass of the music out there. I mean, it was undeniably yeah. huge and escapable. Well, I knew it was there, but mostly it fell on deaf ears for me, mm-hmm. except for I'm on fire. Really, I kind of like that song. But this is what Springsteen does best lyrically. It's it's about um, introspection, what ifs, characters living with regret and yearning for more. You know, and I finally connected with this album this week. I'm glad I did. I'm glad you did too. All right. What are you going to take to the list first, Matt? Okay, I'm going to bring to the list first Prince, Let's Go Crazy. Nice. My greatest challenge of picking a song from the Purple Rain album was which one? (laughs) I love all of it. In this song, it's a great way to start an album, so it's a great way to start this part of the playlist. Um, It grabs me from the very beginning. That intro, the dearly beloved, you know, he's getting ready to take you to church. And that solo alone Mm -hmm. does just that. Yeah, it's no surprise to me this is your first pick for the show. I know how much you love this album. So I'll be honest with you, I didn't touch Prince this week. Thank you. I stayed away <laughs> because I, I knew this this was your territory. If you want to get a party cranking, put this song on. It has so much energy. And after that opening sermon that you spoke about, yep. I just love how the snare comes up in the mix. Yeah. And it's like the party really starts. The real fun yep. begins. Yes, it does. So... 13-year-old me is going to bring Kiss in Heaven's on Fire. No makeup Kiss. No makeup Kiss. Their second album without makeup. And, uh, you know, this album, it's an important one for me uh, for that time frame. You know, I already think it was version 1980. I talked about, you know, being laid up with a broken ankle. And I listened to this album as well as, you know, a couple others you know, at like three in the morning because I could not sleep because I had just been laying down and doing nothing most of the time. But yeah. I've been I had been listening to Kiss for as long as I could remember. So I don't think it was too big of a leap for me to get into metal from them. No, that's great. You help me appreciate Kiss a lot more with this show. And I think this is a great rock song and perfect in the era. So it's a great 13 year old choice to bring to the list. Yeah. And Kiss, you know, they're not the only part of them that's meant to be taken seriously is having a good time and partying. All right, Jim, what do you got? All right. My second song, I'm going to just stay right with Depeche Mode just to put it right to rest. And that song is People Are People off the same album. Sorry, audience, if you're moaning because Depeche Mode twice, but <laughs> but I don't think these would be choices that would get picked off the Facebook page. And I really want both these songs on the playlist. This is probably my reason as to why I came to you and was like, we need 10 songs because <laughs> I'm going to put two Depeche Mode songs on. I think this was part of my separation again from my religious upbringing. I've talked about this with music and other shows. I didn't understand why good people just couldn't come out of all walks of life. People are people. So why can't everyone just figure that out? This is one of those songs that if the world embraced the message for 60 seconds, we'd all be living in peace. Yeah. People just have to be dicks though. Yeah. they. Do. <laughs> you know, this song's like a new year's resolution. We managed to try to be a better person for a week and then it all falls back into yeah. place. But no, this yeah, is a good maybe. song. This song might've made it off a pole. Maybe, maybe there's just so many good songs. I didn't yeah. want to risk it. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. All right. What about 12 year old you? Well, 12-year-old me, I, I did put this on the poll. I'm going to say that straight away. So we'll see whether it makes it or not. Don Henley, Boys of Summer. How, how can you how does miss this not this make song? it? Yeah. <laughs> Again, for me as a 12-year-old, 
music and baseball, at least that's what I thought, because it's boys of summer. I didn't realize how in-depth it was about relationships yeah. and everything else going on. <laughs> summer romance. <laughs> yes. The, the song's timeless, though. It doesn't sound like a decade-specific song to me. And I have spent my life singing along to this song every single time that it's come on the radio. Oh, yeah, it, it is timeless. It's perfect as is. I mean, you've probably heard all the remakes and, you know, they don't need to be done because none of them come close to this at all. Yeah. Great song. All right. So your next choice that is going on the list, song number two. Song number two will be The Cars and You Might Think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If I'm making a list of best albums of 1984, you better believe Heartbeat City is on that list. This is another album, hit after hit after hit. Mm-hmm. They they always make me, they just, they sit in a pocket in their songs. You know, they're tight. They got great grooves to them. And what about the music video for that? At yeah. the time, <laughs> it was groundbreaking. Yep. And I think the music video for this really pushed creativity in future music videos because suddenly bands weren't just singing around and dancing and lip syncing in place to their songs. So good choice. Great to have it on the list. Sometimes I can hedge my bets. You know, oh, that song's a shoe in. Uh, but really, when you really love a song, you just you just got to bring it. It's got to be there. Yeah, exactly. All right. So what would 13-year-old you bring? 13-year-old me is going to continue with some embarrassment here. And we'll go, <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with autograph and turn up the radio. We, we can't forget about silly anthemic one-hit wonders like this. <laughs> I saw this on the list and I really did cringe. But then, you know, as it sat, 13-year-old me was all over this. You know, what rock band in 84 didn't have a love letter song to rock? And I mean, capital R, capital O, capital C, yeah. capital K. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Even if it makes us uncomfortable, we can't forget how much songs like this meant to us at the time. The minute I saw the title of the song... I heard that chorus screaming out at me. And then I went and listened to the rest of the song and realized, <laughs> what well, you're embarrassed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but no, that's fun. That's It's definitely worthy for your 13-year-old <laughs> self. So my third choice, let's go on. And I'm going to get us away from Depeche Mode. <laughs> and the song is Pride in the Name of Love. U2 is one of those bands that I think people developed a disliking for more and more over the years as they kind of wore out some welcome that they were given in the eighties and early nineties. Mm-hmm. But when you go back to these early albums, I still think they sound incredible. And this song is the beginning of the climb to their peak, the signature edge delay sound on guitar and Bono's poignant lyrics craft a perfect song And I think it's really poignant that these guys from Ireland were writing songs about issues taking place around the world. And it was back when you two really spoke to people and their songs had a lot of depth and meaning. So yeah, I'm happy to take this to the list. Oh yeah. It's not just a good song. I, I, this is an iconic song, right? Just as iconic as that delay guitar sound from the, the edges. This song is definitely iconic. Great song. Yeah. So what does 12-year-old you have to add? <laughs> this is kind of funny. It's uh, off the Brian Adams Reckless album. Is it somebody? Yes. Is it Summer 69? No, no, is no, it? No, no, no. it's not any of those. It's Kids Wanna Rock. Screw the hits. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> because it wasn't overplayed, but I danced around my bedroom singing this song more than any off of Reckless. 
And I think the audience will add something from it anyway. So, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this shows how big 1984 was because the Reckless album was a smash, but it yeah. almost feels like lost in the shuffle. But this was the fifth bestseller in that year. Van Halen's 1984 was sixth. Well, that's crazy because I would think Jump was a bigger album I, to I, me I, at I, least. Yeah, I, I think Reckless may have had more longevity. Wow. Okay. Well, that is my choice for number three. What is your third choice then, Matt? We're going to stay with some metal and we're going to go with Judas Priest in Love Bites. This song has such an attitude. It's the first Priest song I ever heard. It's plotting. It's eerie. I was hooked as soon as I heard the intro. This It's like this gong thing that they're doing on the bass somehow. And it comes back around doing a, you know, what Judas Priest does a lot, this dual guitar solo. Uh, you mm -hmm. know everything about this song it was just so cool to me at 13 and then i saw the album cover and i had to i had to hear the rest of it when i saw this on the list i thought did def leopard do a cover and, mm -hmm. <laughs> and i'm glad they didn't because this is much better <laughs> this is <laughs> this is great it was a great song and judas priest is another one of those bands that you've helped me appreciate a little bit more as we've done the show it's probably one of the best metal songs of the eighties that I've enjoyed. You've brought to the show. So good stuff. Yeah. yeah. 13, Matt, what are you bringing? 13. Well, no, screw this. This isn't an embarrassing. This isn't embarrassing at all. Weird Al. Weird Al. And <laughs> I lost on Jeopardy. 13 yeah. year old me was so into this. Even his originals, they're in the style of other bands. And this song combines uh, Jeopardy by the Greg Kin band and the game show Jeopardy. I'll give an honorable mention to Mr. Popeil. That's like a B-52 style, <laughs> but I lost on Jeopardy. Uh, you know, see, I wasn't always so serious. <laughs> I'm going to give a special shout out to King of Suede. That's, That's my size, size up there. there. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. That's great. Yeah, it's great. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, hold on. I got to bring 51-year-old me out okay. <laughs> and tell you it's your turn to give us another song. All right, here we go. My next song is going to be Panama by Van Halen. Yeah. yeah. This song paints the landscape of everything Van Halen was best at. Eddie plays it all on the guitar. The, you know, the power chords, harmonics, the pick sweeps, all of that's in there. The sound gets slow and swanky in the middle with Dave doing his thing as the ringmaster. Eddie has an epic solo in the middle of the song as always. This is a Van Halen song that I've never gotten sick of, and I'll never skip it when it comes on one of my playlists. Oh, yeah. No, this is the song to put on when you want to keep the party going. Yes. <laughs> you yeah. can start it with Prince, but you better put some of this Van Halen in there. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Great album. Great song. So what is 12-year-old you going to bring in? Ooh, well, here we go. 12-year-old me was kind of obsessed with ballads. And, you know, there were a lot of great rock ballads in the 1980s and 1984 was not shy of them. So get ready for a few coming from 12 year old Jim from this point forward. But I know as soon as I say this, our buddy Sandy from our metal show is going to be like, that's a tune. Because it is. It is. It is. Ario Speedwagons can't fight this feeling. What a great song. Yes, it is. This might be the best <laughs> rock ballad of all time. I didn't even give an audience choice this week. I'm sorry. It's not going to wind up on the playlist, but maybe it might have to come in a cleanup episode. And that again, shows you the depth of what's out there in 1984. Isn't that crazy? I know. Cause this song wasn't making the list. Yeah. Nuts. Awesome. All right. 
So what's your next choice, 51-year-old Matt? 51-year-old Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go back for more with Rat. Ooh. You know, I can't talk about how much, you know, metal exploded for me in 84 and not bring more of it to the playlist, right? Rat, they were hair metal darlings in 1984. And this is a classic from back in the day. It's not their breakout song. You know, it's not round and round, uh, honorable mention, <laughs> but it's one of their best. <laughs> I, I did like Round and Round quite a bit, and it was cool to go and listen to this song. I enjoyed it because this is one of those songs I think when somebody else listens to it around you and you've heard it a few times, you know, a bunch of years go past and all you've heard is the hit song off the album. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed being able to hear this this week because I, I definitely remembered it when it came on. It's a good tune. Yeah, it's so. always hard to quantify Stephen Piercy's vocals. He's got a weird voice. Yeah, it, it does not fit into a box. No. It's its own thing. And I've tried for years to, to kind of describe it to myself. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't have a tone. No, just, it doesn't. It's just a rat screeching, but it fits the music. <laughs> yeah, it does. It, it does. does. Yeah. All right. So what are you bringing? Little Matt, little, little Matt, Matt, what are you taking to the show? Little, Matt, <laughs> little Matt's going to bring on the pretenders and back on the chain gang. This is a perfect uh, example of like 1984 seeming like two years packed into one. Yeah, it is. There's so many songs I couldn't believe when I'm going through the list. And I'm like, there's no way that was out at the same time as this one. Uh, <laughs> but and it just sounds like it's from a different era. I, I definitely remember hearing this on the radio back in the day. And it was one of those songs that, you know, riding around with my parents in the car, wherever I was. Yeah, that this it was refreshing. It was good. It was different from everything else that was coming out in 80s music. And I think I talk about timeless songs from the 1980s. The Pretenders did that. They separated themselves from that 80s sound completely and had their own thing. Yep. I would agree. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That wraps up my, my choices. What is you? Oh, my next choice. Well, I think uh, when it comes to this choice, this is probably my favorite of all time in his instrument that he plays. And that is Stevie Ray Vaughan. And the song is Couldn't Stand the Weather. I could have picked two or three songs from this album. Like I said, he is my favorite guitar player. And when I went back, I was just blown away. I was like, oh, I can't believe this is 1984. This is great. Because Stevie Ray Vaughan, we talk about Timeless, The Pretenders. Oh, yeah. I discovered Stevie Ray Vaughan probably more in 1991, 92, when I started getting into his music. I remember when he died, I ran yeah. into you the day he died. Yeah. And I remember having a conversation with you about reading it in the newspaper that morning. And I, I don't know why, but it was 1989 and we were in high school and we talked about it that day. Yeah. Yep. I remember yeah, that. That was sad. Yeah, it was. But I wanted to pick one of his originals because I don't want him to just be remembered as someone who was great at playing Hendrix tunes. I want him to be remembered for writing a great composition himself and couldn't stand the weather's great. Just even that rhythmic pattern at the start yep. is one of those things. Try to count that. If yeah. you are not a really good musician, you're going to have a hard time figuring out when that next beat's coming in, especially after the third or fourth stop. And then when that guitar rhythm comes through and he starts just even his rhythm riffs before he's even playing lead are so creative and cool. I could, yeah, I could spend probably an episode talking about Steve Ray Vaughn to stop. Me. Oh yeah. Cause he's one of the best, <laughs> one of the best. Yeah. And this is probably the least 80 sounding song on this list. It's, oh, absolutely. It be because it's timeless. It could fit in yeah. any decade. Yeah. It's a blues yeah. song. Yeah. yeah. Great song. 
All right. So what is 12 year old you going to bring? 12 year old me is going to bring Julian Lennon too late for goodbyes. This is John Lennon's son, which if you don't know that, I don't know why you're listening to the show, but here you are (laughs) finding this out, lamenting over the loss of his father. I was 100% in when I was 12 years old. The Beatles were a big deal to me. John Lennon was a big deal. We both talked in the 1980 episode about his death. It's a good song. And Julian was a good songwriter living underneath a shadow that probably no other songwriter has had to live under. He was actually just on Twitter this week with a picture where he bumped into Uncle Paul at the airport. Oh, wow. And, and, he, and he called him Uncle Paul, a photo of, of Julian and Paul McCartney together. It was amazing to see that. Cool. A big deal was made out of him being John Lennon's son, which is justifiable. And John Lennon's death in 1980, it felt like a lifetime ago in 1984. Yeah. And then when you see the video for him and you see that face and you hear that voice and you have that whoa moment. <laughs> and it is something very John Lennon thing to do with having a goodbye song that is upbeat. Mm-hmm. You know, it's definitely something that John probably <laughs> would have done. All right. That's my choice. Old me, little me. What is your choice next, old Matt? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to bring in some hard rock with Triumph, and the song is Spellbound. I probably had exposure and appreciation of Triumph just because of living so close to Canada. This is one of my favorite albums from 1984. Speaking of great guitarists, I think Rick Emmett is severely unappreciated in that category. He's phenomenal. You know, it's a great rock song by a band that had been around for a long time doing it and they knew how to do it. And this is a really great song. Yeah. I'm looking forward to people coming and listening to this song on the playlist. You've brought a couple of triumph songs now and I'm correct in saying they were the first concert you ever went to. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. It's nice to have that connection. And as this show is part of our music history, you need to bring that stuff to the yep. show. So yep. good stuff. Even old man Matt's allowed to bring you know, <laughs> <laughs> that nostalgia is great. I have so, feelings. You have feelings too. <laughs> so what is your 13 year old self going to bring to the show? Well, my 13 year old self had feelings too. So we're going to go with Hall and Oates and Out of Time. Out of Time might get lost in the forest looking back in 1980. <laughs> Hall and Oates were definitely flexing their pop muscles at this point in their career. Mark and I listened to them a ton. By 1984, Hall and Oates had always, they've always been around in our lives. So both of us, we're really connected to this album. Even though they were embracing newer sounds in the 80s, they never lost what made them unique. They always had this soul to them. They were more evolved into the time, I think, instead of trying to do whatever they needed to stay viable. I think they were always mm-hmm. authentic no matter what they did. I disagree with you. This is where we would probably butt heads on a Hall & Oates episode because I think they definitely added that same 80s drum sound that you get so pissed off over. (laughs) Who didn't want to play on that big drum set in the video? I know, I know. It's still good. It is. But don't, hey, I am not wrong about them bringing that 80s drum sound in. Again, this is 13-year-old me. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Right. If I was, if I was to make a, even a 20 song favorites playlist of Holland Oates, this, you know, big band boom, probably nothing on that album would make it. Okay. But you're going to bring it today, but I'm going to bring it today because 13 year old me. Because 13 year old me is going to bring it. (laughs) Because you have feelings too. I have feelings. (laughs) All right. My next choice. Yes. 
I like how I was able to prod you a little bit still in this episode over a song. <laughs> and you know, I like Hall & Oates. So yeah. I, I just, you know, sometimes you can like the same band and somebody can say something about them and you can be like, no, 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 wait a minute. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the cool part about talking about music. It doesn't mean you don't like that band too. You yeah. can just disagree on some of the songs and sounds and stuff. So, well, I am very happy to bring my next song to the list. And that is from the film, Stop Making Sense. The Talking Heads, Slippery People. I actually just heard this song for the first time about four years ago. I was walking to work. I had great new headphones. I was enjoying the day. It must have been a beautiful morning. And it starts kicking in. And all the rhythmic syncopation that was going on in the beginning of the song had me looking down at my phone going, what the hell is this? (laughs) And I was just like, whoa. And it was my awakening to the Talking Heads. I went back and I watched the film and I think this song is the peak of the monumentous build of instruments and performers they bring out onto stage. But I'm so glad I had that awakening to the Talking Heads because it really opened my eyes up to listen to a lot more of their music. I talked last week about percussion and the Talking Heads and this song is exactly what I was thinking about when I made that comment. Yeah, it's nice to see them on stage and doing the song and just having the people out there to do it instead of having, you know, some kind of backing track. Yeah. Which is what a yeah. lot of people would do. It's so hard to believe yeah. this is a live album is the sound is so incredible. All right. What about 12 year old you? Here we go back to the ballads. I'm going to bring John Waits missing you to the show. <laughs> this is beautiful cheese. He has a great voice. And I remember it fitting in so perfectly on an episode of Moonlighting. This is my memory of this. You know, David and Addie had a fight and, you know, they were walking away from each other and this song came on. The opening verse, every time I think of you, I always catch my breath. It's so cool. And the whole song is just really a good song. What I like about the song is at the young age of 11, 12 years old, I understood the irony of missing you actually meant I'm really going to miss you a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Hey, if the eighties were one thing, it was brightly colored cheese, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, we loved our colors in the eighties, but uh, do you, you must, you, well, you obviously do how your ears, they would perk up when you heard a familiar song on this TV show Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or they, or some of these would have a guest starring spot on them, like Ed Sheeran in, uh, the game of thrones that he was in miami vice did this a lot so there we go some more cheese from jim there's more to come <laughs> but before we get there matt take us away to something cool what do you what's your next choice go to the playlist something cool something cool uh i think it's cool hopefully everybody else does too it's run run away by slade it is a damn catchy song that drum beat in the beginning and just it's the simplest guitar can really just hook you in um, and it, this is definitely one of their more polished songs. It's meant to be anthemic with this constant call and answer. You know, it sounds like a party. So let's just keep that party going. Yeah, it, it's a good song. One of the things that I'm really happy with with the show is how much Slade you've brought to it. Because I'm sure our UK listeners are like, whoa, yeah, you know, that's Slade. cool. I didn't really get much Slade as a kid growing up. And I'm not sure why, maybe because I wasn't paying attention to the metal scene. But metal is not what I get when I hear Slade. Slade's like pure class rock and roll. Yeah, they're an old school glam rock band. Yeah. That have just been around forever. Yeah, so I'm sure that our 
friends here in the UK, when they hear you bring Slade so much to the show, they're pumping their fists going, yeah, another Slade <laughs> song. Right. Yeah, that's that belongs yeah, Slade. there. Yeah. Take that goddamn out in honor of your mother. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking at our, our, our <laughs> list of songs here. Okay. What, what British artist is your 13 year old self going to bring? <laughs> <laughs> it's he's going to bring Elton John and sad songs. Say ah, so much. Yeah. Right. It wasn't all about metal. It, it, you know, this is one of his, one of the few songs of his later in his career that I got attached to. It's a really good song. And it's really odd that a song about sad songs is this upbeat and happy sounding. Yeah, I think it's one of those songs that's just really honest. It's sad songs say so much. Turn them on. You know, Turn them like, on. Embrace yeah. it. And, you know, because there's a song that, you know, will speak to you and fit your need. That's Exactly. All. Exactly. I think he might have written this song. We've all been in that place in life where we've been riding around and we've been listening to the radio and you got a little bit of heartbreak and it's the sad stuff on the radio that just keeps nailing you. And you belt it out. You belt missing you out. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Jim, where are you going to take us next? I am going to take more us... slow stuff. Well, not, not, another well, not yet. Not yet. My my song for the playlist is not a slow song, but we'll stay tuned for what 13 year old brings. <laughs> it is Philip Bailey and Phil Collins. And the song is Easy Lover. The riff in this song is a lot of fun to me. I really like that riff on guitar. And the rhythm section is so tight. It stops and the sound deadens and it goes. And there's just something that's great when you can capture that in a studio. I love the music video. I had to watch it again a couple of times this week just because it was so fun. Two guys show up on a random day in a studio and they effortlessly crank out this hit. <laughs> you know, fun stuff. Bill Collins was everywhere in the eighties, just like sweaters for this. Video. <laughs> yeah, they were. And it, it looked like the weather was quite nice for sweaters. And I think he was wearing one yeah, of those I know. sleeveless V-neck sweater things going on. Yeah. But Philip Bailey was wearing a full on Bill Cosby show. sweater. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> right? he is. But this song needs to make a comeback somehow. Cause it is great. I'm glad you put it on your, on your list to add to the playlist and not to 13 year old me. Cause this is a really fun song. So are you ready for my uh, 80s ballad? <laughs> yes, bring more ballads. Speaking of Phil Collins, we are going to go with Against All Odds. Take a look at me now, Jim. Yeah. Take a look at me now. This song explained to me that one day my heart was going to be broken. You know, I, I think I sang this song feeling like I was suffering a divorce when I was 12 years old. <laughs> I'm crying for my future pain. Yeah. <laughs> and this was a theme song for a movie called Against All Odds. But if you ever watched the music video, you've probably seen the movie. It felt that way every time you sat down and watched it. <laughs> Do you remember the video? Oh, definitely. I think I probably watched the video enough times to have sit, sit down and watch the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there we go. Against All Odds. If anybody wants to have a sing-along, just get in touch. I'll be right yeah. there with you. Right. See, more Phil Collins. He was <laughs> everywhere in the 80s. He's just one of those voices we grew up hearing. It was just everywhere. It felt All like. the time. All the time. He had so many hits. I almost forgot this was from a movie because I'd, I'd never seen it too. It just didn't seem like it was something for 13-year-old me. <laughs> I'm sure this, so this song definitely overshadowed the movie. Yeah, it did. Oh, oh, I think this song, this was a case of the song being bigger than the movie. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. 
So are you are, are you like all ballads on your 13 year old list? Um, almost, almost list. not okay. not quite all, but I'm there. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad you're doing it because it, we need to highlight how big ballads were. I, I didn't bring the ballads to the choice for the poll for the most part. So, yeah, I, I made sure that that was still going to be all fun music because, you know, we don't want people listening to the playlist and, you know, feeling Crying. Yeah, or having to listen to <laughs> Phil Collins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some people might like that. They might. And I don't blame they them. They might. Yeah. 12 year old me loves it. Yep. Exactly. All right. What do you got next for us? Moving along. I'm going to bring new girl now by honeymoon Suite, Another Canadian band that I'm probably pretty sure that my knowledge of is uh, related to the proximity to the Canadian border. <laughs> I was, growing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it kind of feels like they've been forgotten over time. So I had to bring them to the playlist. And, you know, this video alone, it's it's an 80s time capsule. Yeah, this this band was big. I remember them growing up near Canada, as we both did. You and I, we lived a half a mile apart and the border was about three miles from our house. And <laughs> we got Canadian television. So we got Canadian yeah. music and Canadian music videos and Canadian radio and Honeymoon Suite won all kinds of Canadian music awards in the 80s. They, I just don't think they ever really broke in the USA. When you go 30 miles south of that border, it's hard to find somebody who's heard of them, which is a shame because they were a great band. Yeah, I've always kind of wondered that if it's more of a regional thing. And I'm pretty sure it is, even though they had a hit or, well, they had a song in the Lethal Weapon soundtrack. But I, I don't know how much exposure that really gave them. Yeah. So... Let's move along to 13-year-old me. And I wasn't going to do this. But I heard the song. <laughs> and then I thought about it for a long time. And you couldn't help and yourself. Then, and I couldn't help myself. Ray Parker Jr., Ghostbusters. Nice. Yeah, it has to be here. This song's already on the playlist because the audience picked it for the Halloween episode. And I don't care. That's if, why it's 13-year-old me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if the songwriting drama between this song and Huey Lewis's I Want a New Drugs is the same thing. There, to me, there are two separate songs. And 1984 was the beginning of the big 80s movie soundtracks. I think you're right. It felt wrong not bringing this song in. Yeah, it's a rip. Yeah. But, you know, I don't think any fan was overly upset about that because they're both great songs. And Ray Parker Jr., he put that bridge in there that just makes Ghostbusters its own thing. You know, it, it was from one of the biggest movies of the year, one of the biggest songs. To this day, people will still make who are you going to call jokes, <laughs> right? Ghost, yeah. Ghostbusters, it's left that mark that's not going away. Mm -hmm. So in that regards, yeah, it is kind of bigger than I want a new drug. Yeah, good choice. I approve of 13-year-old Matt. <laughs> that's what 13-year-old Matt needed to hear. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what does 50-year-old Jim have to bring? All right, 50-year-old Jim is going to bring... The time jungle love. Oh, we, oh, we, I remember talking to our old friend Phil Kelly one day at school about Prince, and he was like, Have you ever listened to The Time? And I hadn't. So, you know, Phil had a musical impact on me in my teen years, and I went out and bought the cassette. I ended up knowing every word to every song on it. And then the song came back around during the Clerks era and Jane and Silent Bob. And I was so happy to see it back in media again and another generation trying to find out who the time were. It's such a great song. It's kind of a joke in the Kevin Smith movies, but not really at the same time. I think he's really kind of honoring it. Yeah, it's part joke, part respect, but leaning more towards respect. Yeah. 
And this is this was part of Prince's mean, Minneapolis sound, right? The time we're in the Purple Rain. Movie. They are there, yeah, yeah. The oh yo yo, it does make it feel a bit like a novelty song, but that part aside, it's a great fun song. Yeah, absolutely, it's definitely a good choice. So, twelve year old Jim is probably going to bring us back down. Get your box of tissues out, Tito. Give me a tissue because we are going to go to Survivor. Okay. Not any of their pump and rock songs. <laughs> We're going to go to The Search is Over. What can I say? 12-year-old me loved the ballads, and I was just learning to ask a girl how to slow dance. One dance with the right girl and a song like this would have me daydreaming for a very long time. I hadn't picked a song for this point yet. And you had said to me, oh, Jim, you're still missing one of your 12-year-old songs. And I was lying in bed I was all by myself. Linda was on night shift and I had my phone open and I was going through playlists on Spotify and I came across this song and I laid there at 10 30, 11 <laughs> o'clock at night. And I sang along and knew every single word to this song. And you knew the search was over for your final it. song. Oh, I did. That was it. The search was over. I had found my final <laughs> song. <laughs> Hell yeah. Again, ballads in the eighties, they kicked ass, right? And this yeah, is a good song. This, this was, is a good slice of cheese. It good, is. Good song, it is. Thank you. All right. Where are we going next then for you, Matt? We are going to go all the way back to Van Halen and Hot for Teacher. I'm so glad we each brought a song off this album. Oh, how are we not? I mean, everything you said yeah. about Panama applies here. This was the hardest album to pick a song from. Even hedging our bets that Jump would make the list on a poll. I almost picked it because I didn't want to take a chance because I love Jump. Uh, but this album, it ruled my life for the first half of 1984. I remember getting into an argument with some older teenager. He was like 17 or 18. It, I, I, this argument was, there was no way Errol Smith was better than Van Halen. No way. Just no way. <laughs> that argument still stands to this day. The audience, I will pray and hope, will put Jump on the playlist. It belongs there. I have faith in that. But we need a minute to talk about how big this album was to both of us. In our weekly chat, when we messaged each other back and forth before a show, I said there were a big three. Madonna's Like a Virgin, Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA, and Purple Rain. And I was wrong. Van Halen's 1984 belongs right up there with them. It made Van Halen a household name. They were known in rock circles ahead of this album, but they were larger than life this year that the album came out. And it propelled Eddie to his iconic status that he reached. 100% correct especially on Eddie. I mean, he was always respected by guitar players, but now everybody in the world says, oh, that's Eddie Van Halen. He, he, that's Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> that's all you need to say. When people thought about Eddie Van Halen prior to 1984, it was usually like uh, guitar, guitar players, you know, and, and just people mm -hmm. that listen to hard rock. But after 1984, everybody looked and just bowed to Eddie Van Halen as being the guitar god. Right. Was, but, yeah. you know, I could go on with honorable mentions to top Jimmy house of pain, really just anything off this album. Uh, I wish I, I could have made a medley off this. <laughs> the 1984 intro, it's like the 20th century Fox fanfare. You're, yeah. you're just going to yeah. watch this incredible movie. No, you're going to listen to this incredible album. Here it is. Yep. yep. All right, so what was 13-year-old going to take to the list then? 13-year-old me was a really big fan of Queen and Radio Gaga. This mm -hmm. is most likely 
a song that's not embraced by a lot of Queen fans. I think people rip into it because of the nonsensical chorus, the radio gaga, goo goo, blah, blah, whatever, you know, but I like it for being that love letter to radio. And Freddie always gives a masterful performance. Yeah, he does. I, I'm happy you brought this to the list. I think you do a lot to please our British audience without realizing that. <laughs> and, you know, I hear this song at least once or twice a week at work really? on the radio. Yeah, this is still getting airplay over I here constantly. I always kind of thought this was like maybe a lost song. No, Well, maybe in the States it mm. is, but over cool. here, this song is still really well loved. And uh, I think that it's a, a great song to have there. So cool. even if, if, even if it's just an honorable mention, I do think I put it on the audience poll. Oh, good. So there's a chance it'll make a playlist. Good. Yeah. Honorable mention to I Want to Break Free. Well, That's a great you know, song. I wanna, I, the last retail job I left, I was in one of those big Best Buy stores, Curry's over here for people in the yep. UK. And I was walking out out of after being there in retail management and it was my time leaving retail and I've not ever gone back. And I went over to one of the stereo systems and I put Queens. I want to break free on and cranked it as loud as it could go and walked out of the store. Yeah. This, that is just a song for any group, any person that is being oppressed. Any. So I'll let you have an honorable mention for your 13 year old self. (laughs) Oh yeah. And hammer to fall. Okay. So, uh, so Jim, (laughs) 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 all right, Jim, we'll take, why don't you take us away with your, uh, your next songs. My next one is, uh, Steve Perry with the voice of the eighties, in my opinion, he had been the lead singer of journey. The song is Oh Sherry. I was a huge fan of journey in the eighties. I think this was pretty standard for most of us in elementary or junior high, Steve Perry has a signature voice. This is his only solo hit that I'm really aware of, but Sherry is also my mother's name. So it's got its fair share of play in my house. I'll be honest with you right now. My mother isn't very well. And when I heard the song this week, I needed to bring it to the playlist. It's kind of personal to me. I I hope that she recovers soon. And I'm intentionally not swearing in this episode (laughs) in case she listens to it. So, you know, uh, my mother, Sherry, this is dedicated to you for being on the podcast. Yeah, Sherry, we week. all hope your mom sees better days soon. And sorry about my yeah. foul mouth too. <laughs> yeah. You can just you can just edit out any uh, swear words that I have. <laughs> and you joked about listening to um, last version. You joked about listening to Willie Nelson sing the alphabet. Steve Perry could take his time with the phone book. <laughs> this is no whispery high voice that annoys you this is just a powerful voice with such an incredible range and an ability to convey emotion what definitely one of the yeah. best voices ever okay what about 12 year old you well we're gonna go back to you talked about soundtracks we talked about them through the show footloose by kenny Loggins. i did put this in the audience poll and i think it will be a shoe in I spent most of 1984 obsessed with this movie and the soundtrack. This was another rebellious break free from your religious upbringing movies, songs, <laughs> whatever, you know, that I had in my life. And in retrospect, it's easy to see how clued in I was as a child. I knew, I knew what road I was going down when I was 11 or 12 years old. Yeah. I already shared with you that Footloose is, it's probably the first song I ever got tired of hearing 
<laughs> I, I, and it's on me. I played this song so much. I used, I loved this song so much, but I just killed it. You told me you wore the 45 out. Oh my God. <laughs> I just loved it so much. All right. So what are you bringing next? For my next song, we're going to keep it metal and we're going with the Scorpions and Bad Boys Running Wild. Another band, along with Priest, I first heard in 84 and had no idea how long they had been around. And they still are. They just put out an album this year. And it's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. It's pretty good. Obviously, the big hit I'm not surprised. was yeah. Rock You Like a Hurricane. But Bad Boys Running mm-hmm. Wild is my favorite song on the, the album. There's some just that opening guitar when it comes in and the riff. It's it's a rock song, right? You yeah. know, it, it fits yeah. with the teenage bad boys running wild, right? You know, it just it fit my wheelhouse at the time. My brother had this album on vinyl, but Rocky Like a Hurricane is track two. Yes. And this is track yeah. one. And I know that when I was hanging out with my brother as a kid and we were doing stuff in the house, he'd put this album on. And I always heard that first side, no matter what. And the minute I heard this song, I was just brought back to my grandfather's living room (laughs) with my brother playing this album on vinyl. And it was just amazing. It was great. So yeah, good song. I'm happy to have this on the playlist. Rock You Like a Hurricane is also an audience choice. If they choose to put that there, that's cool. Rock You Like a Hurricane was the very... Was the very first guitar riff I ever learned oh, how to play. Then you get that one-two punch, tracks one and two. Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> All right, so what's 13-year-old you going to bring? 13-year-old me is going to bring on Birds Fly, Whisper to a Scream by Icicle Works. This song has just a great bass line that hooked me in when I was a kid. Um, and I really love the structure of it with the vocals and the percussion in the uh, first verse there. Um, it's a great sing-along song for me. Yeah, th- I'd never really heard this before. So cool to bring to the list. Yeah, I, are they Canadian? Do you know? I want to say they're UK. I want to say they're British. Okay. But I'm not, I, yeah. that I don't know. I'll go research that further. It was a cool song though. And yeah, I, I recommend everybody go listen to it. And it's it's cool, even if it doesn't make the playlist this time around. It's one of those songs you might want to bring back in a cleanup because I think it's worth it. It's Thank I think people should hear it. So yeah. All right, Jim. What are you gonna give us? What are you gonna give us next? Well, this is the last song. We have to eventually stop, right? All right. So <laughs> I'll be the one who drives us home. Well, no, actually, that'll be you because you'll go yeah. last. <laughs> but the song, you talk about Heartbeat City, and this is the song Drive by the Cars. I mean, what can be said? Great song. That's what you can say. Yeah, you said the album's hit after hit, and deservedly so. Magic, you might think. And they're, they're standout classics on their own. But to me, Drive is an absolutely timeless song. I have great memories attached to it. And I've brought all these 80s ballads to the show and I finished on Drive on Purpose because this song is still a ballad in the sense of it for a band like the Cars, but it's not your atypical ballad. It's just real honest, sincere, and I don't, I I guess I could say real sounding, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. There's just something really great. And it's also not a Rick Ocasek sung song, which you know, they went back and forth a little bit. Uh, ben Orr. I, yeah, Ben Orr, you know, doing what he does best. So 
I'm I'm happy to have this on the list, and I hope that the audience enjoys rediscovering this song as much as I did this week. Yeah, this is another one of the albums. It's like just pick a song, and you you can't be wrong. Have you ever played any of their songs in a band? They they all they're all their songs. They just have this slower pace to them because oh, they're, yeah, they're they just do. their own thing. You know, it's great songs. They, and this is a really great ballad. There so, twelve-year-old you is gonna end your selections. All right. What's he going to end it with? All right. So an awakening period, you know, as they say, in (laughs) the 1980s. And this was Madonna's Like a Virgin. (laughs) The album itself was massive, was so big. And Madonna has become an icon from really the growth of this album and everything she's done since. As taboo as this could have gotten in my religiously dominated house, I couldn't own it. But I could watch music videos and I was glued to the TV anytime one of her videos came oh, yeah. on. And this song, yeah, definitely as well. And if you want to know what the words of the song really mean, go watch the beginning of Quentin Tarantino's Reservoir Dogs. How many dicks is that? A lot. Chew. Toby Chew. Toby Wong. <laughs> awesome. All right. So what's your last song? What are you closing us out I'm with? I'm going to close us out with... Purple Rain by Prince. I'm bookending my songs with Prince. Let's Go Crazy was the first and Purple Rain was the last on the Purple Rain soundtrack. I was trying to only choose one song just because I wanted to reflect on everything that was out there. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But anything I was trying to choose paled in comparison to let's go crazy because purple rain was going to be on here regardless because if this isn't my favorite song of all time i don't know what is everything about it that's a great favorite song it's a great favorite song of all time everything about this hits perfectly ballads were a big thing at this age as we all know by now um and this year (laughs) especially so i think that's what initially drew me into it but as i got older and kept listening to it I just kept getting a new and a different appreciation for it. Prince picks the right sounds for his songs. He doesn't box himself in. He Everything's in service to what does this song need the most. The guitar alone in this song is just so incredibly powerful. His vocal performance, there's such raw emotion when he digs in. I get chills every time he sings that line. I know, I know, I know, times are changing. Oh, and those chills, they just double down on his solo. It's phenomenal. If you thought you were getting taken to church at the, at the beginning of the album, like you said, when the sermon starts, <laughs> you just wait until you hear Purple Rain. I, I even think of this song and the melody sticks in my head for the rest of the day. This is, in my opinion, a perfect song. This song, this is the amen at the end of the sermon. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> All right, Matt. So there we go. Last song on the playlist. 13-year-old you. What were you going to do with your life? Jim, I wanted to rock. Rock! (laughs) (laughs) This is Twisted Sisters offering to the hair metal mantra, right? I couldn't couldn't help that. Sorry. (laughs) You know, even by 80 standards, they did look a bit ridiculous. But the look back up the mantra, right? The capital R, capital O, capital C, capital K. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And they wanted to put on a show and give all they had. That's what they were about. Mm-hmm. Rock and roll. Yeah, they did have ballads, but they're all about, no, we're going to give you everything we got and you're going to leave this show sweaty and tired because you just ran a marathon. 
<laughs> great, great, great choice for 13-year-old you. I don't think I have this on the audience poll this week, which is unfortunate. I, I had to edge some songs in and out because there's so much yeah. that's there that's amazing. Yeah. And it just goes to show how big of a year 1984 really was and how hard it was to choose these songs. When I put the poll up today, one of the very, well, the very first comment I got was, this is so hard. Mm-hmm. And this was a really hard year for us to kind of go through and try to pick what we're going to do. Yeah, This is the soundtrack of our lives. It <laughs> is. I mean, this whole process is, but these early eighties years, that's there's, we said it, there are formative years. Yeah. Let's stay away from 1983 for at least a few oh, more episodes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I can <laughs> yeah. take that kind of heartbreak again. <laughs> oh, it's going to be tough. It is. It is. All right. So here we are. We're at the end of 1984. It's been great. It's been a lot of fun. We are going to change things up again for the next episode because that's kind of what we've been doing to keep things a little more interesting but the next episode is going to come out the friday of thanksgiving weekend so we need to do something a little special for thanksgiving matt what do you think we should do i think we've been kind of kicking this thing around a little bit by thing and kicking i mean country music (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> we we haven't really shown much respect to country music because neither of us are really big fans of what you know has been going on currently but we are really big fans of country music from back in the day yeah we are you know in yeah. the 70s and 60s early 80s that's that's more of our wheelhouse for country music so we're going to revisit that yeah let's revisit country music for thanksgiving i think that works and you know, keep in mind, people who listen to the show, you don't gotta, you're not gonna hear a lot of country songs. You're just gonna hear Matt and I talk yeah. about our life and experience and what we like. And I'm sure when we start going through names like Willie Nelson and Kenny Rogers and Johnny Cash and Dolly Parton, there are a lot of people out there who think they hate country music who are gonna be like, well, yeah, that I like that. And there's there's stuff in there that we laugh at, we joke about, and we think, oh, you know we run in groups where we all claim we hate country music yeah. and then there's always that exception to the rule. And I think that's what we'll do with this show. All right, Matt. So I wrapped up the last show, which makes it your turn to wrap up this one, but I don't want to, you know why? Cause you want to stay. In yeah, Cause I want to stay in. Yeah. We got 20 more songs for you. No, we wouldn't do that. Because <laughs> you don't want to listen to country music yeah. <laughs> over the next week. <laughs> oh, am, am I that transparent? Oh, my Lord. Yeah, Matt, Matt, honestly, do not go start deep diving into oh, no. a bunch of... No. No, I know I you. know what I like. I know you. I know what I like. <laughs> okay, good. I know what I like good. for country music. All right, so from the Jam Yearbook, I am Matt, and that is... I'm Jim. And we want to thank you for listening, and tune in next time for Country all things we'll be here as part of your thanksgiving leftovers country music yeah <laughs> peace love and podcast <laughs> <laughs>